If you would go to 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, we began a new series last Sunday, I believe it was, and um, we're calling it the Temple of the Holy Spirit, and um, this is one of our main passages right here in 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, and I want to read from the Amplified today, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, amplified if we have that, says, uh, do you not know? And like we saw last week, he keeps saying, don't you know? (laughs) Why would the Spirit of God say that? Because they don't know. Or do we know is the question. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the impure and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revilers and slanders, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. And such some of you were. But, (laughs) thank God for this, right? But, you were washed clean. It's not just what you were, it's what you are now. Hallelujah. It's not just how you started out, it's how you end up. You were washed clean. And you were consecrated and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I I used to be a lot of things. (laughs) But I've been washed. I've been consecrated. I've been justified. Hallelujah. Praise God. By the blood by the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm. Thank God. Thank God. And you'll notice because he's, those, a number of those things that he mentioned about folks that wouldn't inherit the kingdom of God had to do with what you do with your body. number of those things. And that's why he, in this passage he goes on to talk about what you do with your body. Verse uh, 12, everything is permissible for me, but not all things are helpful or profitable or expedient. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power. Instead of arguing about whether something is a sin or not, or whether I can do it, in the age of grace. We need to ask the question. Is it beneficial? Is it really profitable and helpful. To myself and others around me. And. Am I under control of it? Is it running me? Here he's talking about addictions. He said I will not become the slave of anything. I won't be brought Under its power. That should include everything. Right? From watching wrong stuff. To addiction. To food or drink. Or drug. Or any of these things. Said out loud. I will not. not Be brought under the power. power Of anything. anything. And he's talking about your body. He started talking about it. He's still talking about it. He's, the next several verses be more and more clear about the body. The body. There's a lot of things you can do. You could do. But should you? Right? There's a lot of things you could do. and He, he said it's permissible to me. It's lawful for me. But uh, this is his Paul making a personal statement here. I won't be brought under the power of anything. I won't let anything control me. 
And all of us have, have flesh. And the flesh is not yet changed. <laughs> Your flesh hasn't been born again. You got the same flesh people that hadn't been saved has. Exactly the same. And it will do anything you let it do. And there will be with every one of us, there will be times where you'll get to a situation and you realize, you know, about that certain time of day, my body thinks it's got to have this. Or it wants this. Or craves this. Or demands this. And you need to go, hold on now. I'm not going to let anything control me. I won't be brought under the power of anything. <laughs> Are we reading scripture? Keep going. He said food is for the stomach. And the stomach is for food. But God will finally end the functions of both. And bring them to nothing. Now the King James says God will destroy both it and them. But actually that word destroy in other places in the same King James Bible is translated bring to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Bring to nothing. So what, what's going on is that uh, you know food and your current digestive system in your current state of your body all of that's temporary. That's right. There's going to be major changes right. later and everybody said thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the body is not for sexual immorality but for the Lord and the Lord for the body just because you have desires doesn't mean those desires are to control you and not all desires are good <laughs> and there are there are desires, some desires are okay and you can satisfy them moderately and other desires are not okay at all. Right? right. That's right. And we're not to just be led by our bodies. That's right. Keep going. God has raised the Lord to life, talking about his body, and will also raise us up by his power. The fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead is proof that your body will be too. And mine too. Hallelujah. So the Lord tears his coming a little while and we live out our life and they bury this body. That ain't the end. I said that's not the end. How many believe without a question that Jesus' body is raised from the dead? Do you, do you believe that? If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. You don't believe that, you're not saved. But are you sure of that? Or are you still wondering about it? Well, just as sure as you are that Jesus' body was raised from the dead. You remember they came by the tomb and the stone was rolled away and nobody was home. Is that right? And the angels told the women, said, who are you looking for? And they said, they said he's not here. He's not here. Every other religion in the world, you can go to the founder's tomb. Yes. Not ours. You say, well, I've been there. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't know. But if it was at the right place, it's empty. Ain't nobody there. Uh-uh. <laughs> Thank God, because he was raised. Now, here, now here's the thing he's emphasizing. Because his body was raised. Yes. My and your body, this, yes. will be raised. It'll be changed and raised incorruptible, immortal. Never to age, never to decay, never to die. No deficiencies, no disabilities, no restrictions. We will have a body that can keep up with our recreated spirit. We'll have a body as God intended this body to be from the start. Keep reading. Do you not see and know that your bodies 
are members of Christ. Now this is something much of the church either hasn't seen or just don't believe. They believe their spirits are part of Christ. But they don't necessarily believe their body is a part of Christ. And many talk about they'll be so glad when they get rid of this old thing and I get my new body. Well, your new body is this body. Glorified. It's this one. This one. And this body. Now, this is a revelation. Like I said, many have not, not gotten. You've got to make up your mind whether you believe this or not. Are you reading scriptures here? Then this body is a permanent part of the body of Christ. This body. Which is why, what he, why he's getting so serious with them about this. Because see. In his day. In his time. There were people teaching and saying. That it didn't matter that much. What you did with the body. Because it's fallen anyway. And you know. It's all temporary. And it doesn't really matter that much. And the spirit of God is being very straight with them. And keeps going. What? Don't you know? Didn't you know this? Don't you know this? Do you not see? Don't you know? Your body is a member of Christ. Sit out loud. My body is a member, a part of Christ. So not just your spirit. Not just your soul. Your body. My body is a part of Christ. Am I therefore to take parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? He said, never, never. Now one of the things, see, they, on every corner there in Corinth, they had a, a, an idol temple where part of the worship of the idol was prostitution. And this was on every corner. And this is how they grew up. And this is how their parents lived and their grandparents lived. Yes. And so he's, he's in, the Spirit of God is, is, is helping them to see, no, you don't live like that anymore. That's right. You don't do that. Amen. And it matters what you do with your body. Yes, Say it out loud, it matters, it matters. What, I do what I do with my body. With my body. Now he goes on to say, verse 16, do you not know? <laughs> don't you know? That when a man joins himself to a prostitute, He becomes one body or one flesh with her for two. It's written shall become one flesh. But the person who's united or joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. One spirit. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Any other sin a man commits is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality, that's fornication, sins against his own body. Can you sin against your own body? Yeah, you can in more ways than one. Keep going. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Now, just about every Godless movement yells, it's my body. It's my body to do with what I want. Well, if you are not a Christian, if you are not a believer, okay. You're lost. You can do whatever you want. But if you are a believer... Your body is not yours to do whatever you choose to, whatever you want to do with. You are not your own. Your body is the temple. The temple is the holy sanctuary. That hasn't been real enough to us. I said that hasn't been real enough to us. That my body is the holy sanctuary that the Holy Spirit 
indwells. Say it out loud. My body is the holy temple. The holy house of the Holy Spirit. And my body is not my own. He goes on to say in the next verse, you were bought with a price. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Now the King James says in your spirit and your body. But if you look at the original text, it just says body. I was surprised to see that. Because I've been quoting it, you know, spirit and body for a long time. But numerous of the other. And it makes sense because what's he emphasizing in this passage? Your body. Glorify God in your body. Can you glorify God in your body? Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. And like we were saying earlier in the service that the works of God is what glorifies God, not the works of the enemy. Look with me, if you would, 2 Corinthians 5. We looked at this last week. Let's look at it again. Because this, there needs to be mind renewal. Mind renewal from the word of God about your body being your house and also the temple of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 5, 1, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 says, We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Now, I want you to notice he distinguishes himself from his body. We, our house. Your body is not you. Your body is the house you live in. That's really important to make this distinguishing. Very important. It just solves all kind of issues. Keep reading and then then I'll, I'll continue. In this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house. What's he talking about? His body. He, he said it's my house. Our house. Verse 4. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. And uh, verse 6, we are always confident that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Can you see a distinguishing between you and your body? Can you see that? And while I'm alive down here, I'm not, I'm not with the Lord. I walk with him by faith. But I'm not. You know, I don't see him, I don't hear him, I can't hug him. But when I, I leave my house, then I go to be in the presence of the Lord. That's right. I. And First Corinthians 9.27, just put it on the screen for us. First Corinthians 9.27 is one of the clearest ones on this. First Corinthians 9.27 says, but I keep under my body. Who's I? Well, it's not your body. I is not your body. I keep under my body and bring it, my body, which is not I, (laughs) into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Said out loud, I keep under my body. Now that, that's another way of saying I keep it under control. Paul said he had to keep his body under control. Or he could wind up being castaway. Paul said that about himself. I, I have to keep my body under control. And uh, he, uh, he's distinguishing between himself and his house. So many people see their house as them. 
And um, let's take a couple of things. You know what a house is. It's a structure people live in, dwell in. But it's not them. Should you have all kind of insecurity and inferiority because your house has a problem? <laughs> says, what's wrong with them, man? They're just so depressed. Well, their house has uh, termites. <laughs> They're like, really, what's wrong? Oh, they, uh, I'm no good. I'm just not good for anything. Why? My house has termites. <laughs> or they wouldn't say it like this. They would say, I have termites. That's right. I'm full of termites. <laughs> and I'm just no good for anything. <laughs> no. Your house has some termites. Doesn't mean you have termites. Not the same thing. Now y'all are laughing, but we need mind renewal. Because of sin, because of the curse, because of any number of uh, shortcomings, mistakes, accidents, you name it, our bodies have issues. Just getting older is an issue. But should I feel insecure because there is an issue, R10, with my house? No, it's just, it's a house issue. And the great thing about house issues, they can be fixed. Is that right? And the Lord is going to see to it. That all of our house issues are permanently fixed. Forever. So that we have no more house issues. We won't even. Our house will will be remade in such a way. That it can't have issues. But in the meantime. There are house issues. And you know think about this. Understanding this would absolutely eliminate. Racism. How stupid would it be to say, oh, I don't, I don't uh, fellowship with people that live in blue houses. <laughs> no, they live in a blue house. I can't, I can't go with that. <laughs> they live in a red house. <laughs> because skin tone is just like Paint on the house. It's yes. just, it's a different shade. Yes. On the house. Yeah. A different shade on the house doesn't change the person who lives inside. Can you see what I'm talking about? Just this understanding would eliminate. It would eliminate all racism. Because you realize, well, you know, I. People talk about, well, you don't judge a book by its cover. Well, you don't judge people by the house they live in. You don't know everything about a person because you drove by their house. <laughs> yeah, I drove by their house. And it was, uh, you know, blue house and had those white shutters. And I, I just don't. You know nothing about the person who lives inside the house because you drove by the house. Don't be ignorant. Right? <laughs> Say it out loud. Uh, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I'm made in the image of God. I'm not this house. I live in this house. My body is my house. And it's also God's house. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, Paul said this by the Spirit of God. Second Corinthians, you can put it on the screen for us. Second Corinthians 12. 
and 1. Well, verse 2, 2 Corinthians 12, 2. He said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or out of the body I cannot tell. God knows. Such a one caught to the third heaven. I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. How he was caught up to paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. You see numerous things here. You can exist outside the body. And your existence and experience outside the body can be indiscernible from being in the body. So much so that you can't tell whether you were in it or out of it. You don't become some ethereal gas and float away. You are you with your mind, all your memories, all your qualities and characteristics, whether you're in the body or out of the body. And things can happen such that you're out of the body and had an experience and you didn't even know whether you were in your body or not. That's right. Which again shows your body's not you. That's right. It's simply your current residency. Say it out loud, I'm not my body. My body's my house. My earthly house. And also... The temple of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, uh, there's so much to talk about this. Go to James, if you would. The second chapter. James 2. Uh, I tell you what. On your way to James, drop by Genesis. <laughs> well, it's easy to find, right? I mean, Genesis 1. Easy to find. There are answers here, church. There are real. I'm excited about this because I can see you and me. Getting some answers and getting some victories in areas that we maybe have struggled with or hadn't or, you know, procrastinated, whatever, but getting where we need to be. Hallelujah. And overcoming some things. Genesis 1 and 26. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, follow the air, cattle. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female. Not gender fluid. I'm telling you. That's confusion. People can say, I know, I know it's popular, but the word never changes. And the word's right. That's right. And if you don't respect the word, you don't respect God. That's right. We have to make up our minds. Male and female created he them. Chapter 2, verse 7, Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. This is the height of God's natural creation recorded in Genesis. You know, he obviously had made the elements of the planet and he made the star, our sun, and the land mass caused it to rise up out of the water and the plants, the animals, and he made man and woman. And that was the height of that creation. And it is like the scripture said in Psalm 139. He said, I am fearfully 
and wonderfully made. For years now, every once in a while, the Lord would prompt me that we, talking about you and me, not fully appreciating and valuing our bodies. I mean, just, just ever, ever so often, you know, he'd come up to me again and the Lord would remind me, remind me. And I knew at some point we'd need to talk about these things. Yes. And we're here. Yes. But that is, that's a deficiency. That's a problem. And the reason it's such an issue is because the enemy pushes you to despise your own body. And because you're so familiar with it. There can be a tendency to do that. Comparison, overfamiliarity, but you didn't create your body. And to despise it is to despise something God made. Now, He didn't make it with all of its blemishes and deficiencies and problems. That's a result of sin and the curse. And death. That's that's not God's doing. But even in its fallen state, like the rest of creation, it's it's amazing. I said it's amazing. I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine what it was like before the fall. I'm talking about all of creation. But the scripture tells us God has planned for us already. New heavens. New earth. Wherein is no curse. None. None. We've never been in a place like that. We've never experienced that. But we're going to. It's in our future. And our body is going to have to be changed to be a part of that. Because he said corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Mortal can't inherit immortality. It wouldn't be right for us to carry this junk into the new heaven and new earth. So he's got to bring our body up to speed. He's got to change it. And it changes beyond molecular. It's it's a complete change. The Bible said our, our body in its lowest state, Philippians talks about, will be changed, made like to his glorious body. What kind of body will I have? It'll be just like his. Just like Jesus' body. There there is a man sitting at the right hand of majesty on high in a flesh and bone body. A glorified flesh and bone body sitting at the right hand of majesty. And one day your body will be just like his body. The same thing that happened to his body when the glory of God flowed over it and through it in that tomb and raised it. No more to die. That's going to happen to your body. And every believer's body. Something to look forward to. Isn't it? Something to greatly, greatly look forward to. What was I talking about before I got so excited about, about that? Well, that we're made in the likeness and image of God. And uh, God, did you see that? He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God, he speaks things into existence. But this, hands on. God used his own hands and his words. And his breath. And formed us. Like a sculptor. And created. Our respiratory system. Our digestive system. Our skeletal. Our musculature. Our our skin. It is amazing. Now I know we're used to it. But you didn't make it. Honey child. You didn't make this. God made it. Well, I don't don't like it. Without it, you can't stay on earth. And it's the only one you got. 
You don't have an option of switching bodies with somebody else. People say, well, you know, maybe one of these days they'll develop these robots and we can put our consciousness into data. That's ridiculous. You cannot turn human consciousness into data. Ever. Because it's not material. It's not physical. It's spiritual. We need to value our bodies. And if there's a deficiency about it, don't take it as a core deficiency of you. It's just the house you live in. And it's just a temporary condition. Right? Whether it's small or big, it's a temporary condition. And a lot of things can be fixed now. That's what healing is for. Right? Right? A lot of things can be restored and fixed now. Now, it won't make you immortal, but it'll, it'll help get you and keep you in good working condition long enough for you to finish your course down here. Now, go with me to James now, please. James, the second chapter. And I believe I'm about to share with you one of the most important things in this whole thing we will talk about. If we go on for another 20 sessions, it won't be more important than what we're about to say right now. In achieving how your body needs to be. In accomplishing it. In getting there. Controlling it. Whatever. James 2, 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. There's no life in the body apart from the spirit. Now this is written in chapter and verse. But if you read the next verse. You notice the thought continues. My brethren be not many masters. No one will receive the greater condemnation or judgment. For in many things we offend all. If any offend not in word. The same is a perfect man. And able to, con- to bridle or control what? How can you control your body? If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect or a fully developed man or individual, and able to bridle or able to control the whole body. How are you able to control the whole body? Read the next verse. Next verse. We put bits in the horses. What? mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body by what how can you control now horses are big and strong is that right you cannot just as a human being manhandle a big horse and make them do what you want them to do just by grabbing them and they can kick you knock you down especially a big one But if you get control of the mouth, you get control of the mouth, you get control of the head. I don't know if you heard that or not. You get control of the mouth, you get control of the head. You get control of the mouth and the head, you can control the whole body, thousand pounds. Is that right? Twelve hundred pounds, you can control the whole thing. Where did it start? Where did it start? The mouth. The mouth. Keep reading. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, they are turned about with a very small helm or rudder wherever the governor lists or decides. Now here he, he mentions little compared to the whole thing. And verse uh, Five, he says, even so the tongue is a what? Little member. And boasts great things are, you could also say affects great things. Behold how a great a matter, a little fire kindles. Whether it's overcoming a habit or an addiction 
are getting healed, are losing some weight, are gaining some weight, are control over eating issues or whatever, the most important thing you will ever do is not your diet. It's not your exercise. It's your mouth. I said it's your mouth. It's the most, it's the biggest impactor of everything and we must not be impatient. You see people, they've dealt with issues maybe for years and I'm talking about all kind of issues. They, they want it fixed right now. Well, it didn't happen in three days. Sometimes three years. But little changes in your mouth. Oh, friends, are y'all awake? Little changes in your mouth over time will affect big changes in your body. I don't think you heard that. Or if you did, you might not have believed it. I, I didn't make this up. Did he say, if you control, if you don't miss it in what you say, you control your whole body. Somebody didn't, didn't hear that. Verse 2. I didn't write this. Verse 2. If any man, anybody, offend not in word. Now, we could say, you don't miss it in what you say. The same is a perfect man. That word perfect means fully developed. That's right. Mature. That's right. Yes. And able yes. to bridle. That can also be translated control. Yes. Able to bridle or control the whole body. That's all your organs. That's all your glands. That's all your muscles. The whole body. That's your appetites. That's your desires. Come on, are y'all listening or not? This is the big thing people have missed. They're looking for the right pill. They're looking for the right supplement. They're looking for the right diet. They're looking for the right regimen. And there may be some natural things that need to change. But so many times people, they lack the incentive. They lack the desire. They lack the strength. They lack the commitment and don't know why. But if you followed them around <laughs> and recorded what they're saying, huh? <laughs> you would not wonder why they're still struggling with this 40 years later. Because the stuff they've been saying about their body, many people They really despise their body. They despise their body. And the stuff they say about it. Joking about yourself. It's not funny. Do you want what's coming out of your mouth to happen in your body? Then you better stop it. What do you want to happen? Just like a small rudder, relatively small, on a giant ship. Just like that small bit in the the mouth. What do you do? If you get that bit in the horse's mouth, even if it's a Clydesdale. And he's not going the way you want him to go. You start to pull on that bit and that pulls on his mouth and that pulls on his head. That doesn't mean he flips around instantly. But you get him headed in that direction. Is that right? And you you keep that same influence in the mouth. You keep that. Now what if you change the influence? Well, it'll go back to wherever the horse wanted to go. Right? Just because you, you give some mouth influence for a little bit. And then you go, well, he hadn't flipped around yet, so it ain't working. Well, he's like, oh, I got my head back. I can go where I want to go now. It's like people talk about weight. I can't lose this 15 pounds. Yeah, you've lost that 15 pounds 20 times. That ain't true. That 
ain't true. I can't do this. You've done it. But then you changed. Changed and changed back. Changed and changed back. Is that right? Changed and changed back. And that's what the enemy is counting on you getting frustrated and getting defeated. And I still ain't got where I wanted to after 50 years. And so there's just no use. There's just no use. And the devil says, say it again. Say it again. There ain't no hope for you. There's no hope for me. My metabolism is just slow as Christmas. Everything I eat, you know, I can just look at that cake and gain 10 pounds. What church do you go to? You did not learn that junk from me and Phyllis. Now, come on, we got to get serious about what we say we believe. And it's got to work other than Sunday morning. What are you saying? It's true for your whole life, but about your body. What are you saying about your body? What are you calling it? What are you speaking over it? Are you speaking against it? Are you helping? Are you hurting? What direction do you have it going in? And the thing is, just like the rudder on the ship. Now you got a giant ship out on the ocean in big waves. You don't do this and the ship goes. <laughs> what do you do? All right, let's turn X amount of degrees to port or starboard. Okay. And initially, it looks like nothing happened. That's right. Is that right? That's right. I mean, for, for several seconds, it just keeps moving almost the same direction. Because it's a big ship. It's a big ocean. There's a lot of forces that there's a lot going on. But even though you don't see it and you don't feel it, the moment you change the angle on that rudder, it's working underwater. Where you can't see forces have changed and people on on board might go we ain't turning oh yeah we're turning you just watch and see and after a while that great big nose starts moving that way a little bit is that right is that right but the thing is you cannot do it for just a little bit and then go okay it didn't work just turn it back to where it was and then, you know, a day or two later, go, no, you know, I, I think that might have been working. Let's do it again. So, so you, st- you start turning it, and you get about 10 degrees off and go, no, nah, we didn't flip around, see? So just forget it. Just forget it. And so it goes back. People have done that thousands of times. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you got to do? Help me out. What do you got to do? You got to set it where it needs to be. Is that right? And you got to hold Fast your confession of faith. Somebody say, hold fast, hold fast. You got to hold fast. What does that mean? You got to keep saying the same thing, saying the same thing day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. If the word doesn't change, what you're saying shouldn't change. That's right. And the scripture is true. You can control your whole body with what you say. Go to Matthew, if you would. Matthew, the uh, 15th chapter, I believe it is. Yeah, Matthew 15. Verse 10, Matthew 15, 10. Jesus called the multitude and said to them, hear and understand. Not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes out of the mouth, that defiles a man. You should be much more concerned about your words than you are your food. I didn't say that it's wrong to make some observations about your diet. I didn't say that. But it's much more important what comes out of your mouth than what goes into your mouth. I didn't say that. 
You should be much more observant with what you are saying than you are being particular about your diet. Much more. He said, verse 12, his disciples said, did you know the Pharisees were offended? Well, a lot of people's going to be offended. But he said, <laughs> verse 15, <laughs> Peter said, declare to us this parable. And Jesus said, are you also yet without understanding? This kind of sounds like, don't you know? <laughs> Do you not yet understand? That whatever enters at the mouth goes into the belly, is cast out into the draft, the digestive system. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. What you say affects you more than anything, more than the environment. More than your natural environment. More than anything. What you say. What comes out of your mouth. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Murders. Adulteries. Fornications. Thefts. False witness. Blasphemies. That sounds similar to the list we read in 1 Corinthians 6. Right? Same kind of things. These are things that defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defiles not a man. So the reason this came up is because Jesus and his disciples sat down to eat and didn't wash their hands first. And uh, the, the scribes and Pharisees, oh man, they said, you don't observe the tradition. Because they were big on washing. Washing pots, washing hands, washing, washing, washing. And, and they said, y'all, y'all don't observe the tradition? The washing tradition, he said, uh, you have replaced, I'm paraphrasing, you've replaced scriptures with your tradition. You know, anytime you get worked up about something that people are doing or not doing, you need to ask yourself, where's the scripture for that? Where's the scripture for that? Well, you're supposed to wash your hands before you eat. Well, it's good idea okay but did you know it'd be a lot worse mistake for you to say negative things about your body and immune system than to eat with nasty hands according to Jesus that's right well, I just, I just think you know I'm just, I'm just afraid if I didn't wash my hands I'd get sick yeah exactly you're afraid your fears can come on you. That's right. You talk fear, it'll weaken your immune system. That's right. If your immune system's strong enough, you can eat with dirty hands. Jesus did. The disciples did. Now, kids, don't take this too far. Don't. Maybe don't teach this part to the kids <laughs> right away. Because <laughs> they may get to saying, I got scripture, I don't have to take a bath. You know? <laughs> no, he's not advocating being dirty. He's not advocating that. But see, if you're carnal, you only emphasize the natural. And all of your emphasis is on the natural. And you get meticulous about the natural, the natural, the natural, and don't realize that it is important, but it's not, it doesn't compare with the importance of spiritual laws. And believing something in your heart and saying it with your mouth is making or breaking you. It's either delivering you or it's defiling you. It's either healing you. Or it's corrupting you. Stop. The skinny jokes. The weak jokes. The short jokes. The fat jokes. I'm telling you stop it. 
Stop it. It's disrespectful. Yeah, the old jokes. Stop it. Are you glad you're still alive? Are you glad you got a few more days or years on the earth that you can do something and get some reward? You can't be here without this body. Are you fi- I know it's not in perfect shape. None of our bodies are in perfect shape. You can't find one on the planet because of the curse and all that stuff. But your God thought enough of your body that he included it in the plan of redemption and bought and paid for the body you are in right now. He bought it. He paid for it. He's got big plans for it. He's going to perfect everything that pertains to it. And so what you want to do is you want to be thankful. You want to thank God that you have a life. That you, that you still have a body that functions well enough for you to live some more. Right? On this planet. Because it's all going to be over very, very, very soon. And God, if you'll commit it, he said, the, the body is for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. If you commit your body first and foremost to him, acknowledging his rights to it, his ownership of it, ask him on a regular basis what he wants you to do with it, you can count on his commitment to keep your body. The body for the Lord, the Lord for the body. That's why the scripture says he bore our sins in his own body, 1 Peter 2.24, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. What's that got to do with it? He bore our sins in his body. That bought something for our body. That's why by his stripes you were healed. He went to the cross, spirit, Soul and body. He redeemed us, spirit, soul, and body. He owns us. He bought us. Bought us, paid for us. Spirit, soul, and body. And we're going to stop mocking and making fun of this amazing organism he made. Is that right? We're going to be thankful for it. And I assure you, if you'll let him heal it and restore it and maximize it, you'll enjoy it for the years you're down here. Is that right? And then later on, everything is fixed. Everything. Stand on your feet and let's, let's speak over it right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just uh, put one hand on your body. Sit out to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the amazing creation of the human body. It is astounding what you have made, even in its fallen state. It's amazing. Forgive me for not fully appreciating my body. I know it's not your fault. Any deficiencies or problems with it, that's not your plan. That's not your will. But I thank you that I have a body and that it works well enough for me to live and do things here in this life. I purpose to stop despising it and stop being unthankful and stop saying negative things about it or speaking against it. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, Lord, for this vessel, this earthly house. I commit it to you. I say my body is first and foremost 
for you, Lord, and you are for my body. Thank you for keeping me and helping me and making me strong, helping me to live long. Thank you in Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.